It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm finished and then say, any questions? Okay, let's get out of here. Now you have a whole little time to think about it, but we'll take a few questions, okay? You think Biden takes questions? I don't think so. I don't think so. You saw yesterday, he had the cue card. He said, call this one. This is what she's going to ask, and here's the answer. They never did that with me in the White House, I can tell you. I'm pretty sure he's 100% right on that, and that was Donald Trump at a New Hampshire event where he attracted 2,000 people, um, and he's just working his way through. He's got to feel good about the polls. How do I know he feels good? Because I guess we're on his text chain, and when the polls are good, you get a lot of texts uh, from his people. Uh, with us right now is two people, three people very sick of each other. They work with each other constantly, and they put on a brave face, and I'm making them do it again. Uh, playing the role of Pete Hexeth, Pete Hexeth. Uh, looks, you look really good. I could be Will Kane today. You could, Will Kane playing wide right. And, and White play, guys are interchangeable. Uh, that, I've heard that. Uh, that's pretty good. And that is allowed to be said. Uh, and playing center forward is, yeah. there she is. What is, Rachel center, what is center forward? <laughs> Come that on. A, that was a soccer reference. It's a soccer, soccer reference. Soccer? Okay. Yeah. So, um, first off, do you, uh, Rachel, pretend they're not here. Do you like. Are going to introduce me or are we just going to leave? Oh, them I'm like sorry. That? <laughs> <laughs> Will See, Kane he is here. These white guys are interchangeable. Too. Right, absolutely. I'm like, once I have introduced one, do I need to do the other? Uh, but Will Kane is here too, fresh off an appearance on Fox and Friends. That's right. How weird was that today, sitting around uh, all five of us? Was it five? Yeah. And then eventually six of us just talking as if the show hasn't started yet, yet it was the A block in the final hour. It was awesome. It was unscripted. It was right. conversational. You were loving it. We looked up. Pete and I both noticed five minutes in, yep. you had this smile you the couldn't wipe off grin. your face. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Did you, Rachel? You know, I loved it. It felt like what we all talk about in the commercial breaks, which mm-hmm. is Dinner, nice. Or the dinner table. Yeah. Right? Just yeah. like you shoot around and... I uh, I was talking to a bunch of people. I had a focus group on the side, and they said I made the most sense. And I go, yeah. well, it's kind of awkward. <laughs> Could you tell Peter Will to bring it up? And they didn't. So, but you were brilliant, Brian. Right. Thank you. Uh, what did you think about what I would uh, what Donald Trump said, and contrast it with what Joe Biden said with the written questions for him? Well, that's going to be the contrast. It's not going to be about age. It's going to be about competency. It's amazing we're going to probably look at a repeat of 2020. It's sort of – you consider Never all predicted things. It. You, it feels like almost inconceivable. If you pulled all of us two years ago and said, will it be Biden again considering where he is and how much he's declined and Trump again considering what he went through? But it is, uh, I think, indicative of the, the seismic nature of our politics today and what – Trump represents. And I think Biden is only there because of what Trump represents. The Biden people think he's, he, he beat Trump. He'll beat him again is their That's view. That's what Joe thinks. That's their view. And they feel like they're standing athwart that. And the Trump side says we want a, a rematch. I think that's exactly right. And what that reveals is our politics today is defined by Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Because your analysis that Joe Biden is simply a reaction to Donald Trump I think is spot on. So here's the thought experiment. If Donald Trump decided tomorrow that he didn't want to run for president, do you think that would open up the Democratic field to replace Joe Biden? No, oh, that's interesting. Possibly. I really do. I, I, there's not, Brian, there's not a single person in the Democrat Party that believes Joe Biden should be the candidate. And it, it just feels like this inevitability of the status quo that they want to maintain. It feels to me like – and not to undermine what you're saying because I think you're right. It, it, Joe, Joe Biden is a reaction – to Donald Trump, but 
I also feel like there are really powerful forces behind Joe Biden. It's really clear somebody else is running the show. Same it's way like, to put Fetterman in office. It, it, well, kind of, but but well, that's Giselle Fetterman. <laughs> put Fetterman in office. But the people of Pennsylvania, we're just going to vote I, for a guy that can't talk. No, no, I I I agree yeah. completely. But I think that in this case, they the people who are running the show feel like they can do more with him because with Joe Biden because he's just. He's just there. I mean, he doesn't know what's going on. He's taking long naps. Um, he can't even. I mean, why this press conference with kids yesterday was so embarrassing. Right. And again, if this had happened to Donald Trump, if Donald Trump had a bunch of kids ask him questions and he couldn't remember where he was on his last trip to his homeland, um, this would be 25th Amendment. 25th Amendment. Oh, yeah. Exactly. We'd never bring that they, up. Yeah, exactly. But it's not. And so this shows you it's it's. It's big tech. It's big media. It's it's big corporate interests well, like pharma, well, and it's the military industrial complex. Yeah, and I think everything you say is correct. But building on what you just said, do you remember the story when Hillary Clinton, when Joe Biden was told by Barack Obama, basically, we're going with Hillary, and he had to go out in a, like a speech that lasted way too long, just basically for forty minutes, everyone sweltering and very uncomfortable. Barack Obama talked about his career and he's not going to be running and. But basically, he was told by Barack Obama, I picked Hillary. And he was crushed by that. Evidently, they, they have not repaired their relationship. That was not his turn. Now they said it's his turn. And I'm struck that there's no Barack Obama. And, you know, it could be Westmore in, in Maryland, as you mentioned. Just go, yeah, I'm running. Oh, the machine's up behind me. They will be. Obama when I start is the machine. The, when I, yeah, Obama oh, became the machine. That's right. Because he started winning. And because he's got talent. He's, there's Obama, so, but Clinton, he's the machine talent. behind Joe Biden. This is a third. This is a third term. For I, Obama. I don't think they even talk. I think that the, the Obama people are there because I think uh, Susan Rice is there, no question. I think that uh, Ron Klain was doing a lot. I think he's doing stuff on the outside. I don't think that. I, what I find amazing is, I just had a sitting senator tell me the reason why Kevin McCarthy and Joe Biden will never meet is because Joe Biden can't meet. Can you imagine wow. not being able to meet one on one with anybody? And to that point, Brian, wow. I am surprised you asked the question. I am surprised that there is not a Democrat with more ambition willing to take I'd him run. on. I think that RFK Jr.'s polling at 19 percent shows a real opening. I don't think RFK Jr. can win the Democratic primary. I think all three of us, I know that Rachel and I have discussed that he definitely introduces some fascinating subjects into the debate. But as to whether or not he can truly become the nominee for the Democrats – Count me as more than skeptical. All but right, that 19% should inspire yeah. Gavin Newsom. How interesting to have two populists. Like if you have Donald Trump and RFK Jr., you know, debating each other. I mean, it's just like it just transforms right. everything. Well, I had Marion Williamson on the 8 o'clock show. And basically she's like, yeah, this is what he's uh, – the problem with the Democratic Party is they're not spending enough. And they spend too much money on defense. So I'm like, okay, she's got a terrible agenda, and she still has 9%. But don't think – I mean, there are people way to the left that want to get into this, including that guy, Wes Moore, the governor of Maryland now. Here's what Ryan Spreebus said last night about the difference between the two. Cut 17. The president, in my experience, he would – we'd have a list of who all the reporters in the room were. He'd go up there. He'd rip through the list. He'd keep going. And in one time in particular, to give you the complete opposite experience – we were in the White House for about three weeks. The president said, 
I want to do a big press conference this week. And we say, okay, wait a minute. We've got to plan this out. We've got to know what the topics are. When do you want to do this press conference, Mr. President? Now. And what he told the staff is, I'll tell you. No, no, that's what he said. I will tell you when I, when I feel it. And you're going to know when I want to do it. Okay. A couple of days later, we walk in the Oval Office. It's about 1030. And we kind of forgot about that conversation. The president said, I'm feeling it today. Let's do the press conference. It's just like a... Right. I'm feeling it. I'm doing it. And every question was Mueller report. That's the frustrating thing. We never got questions on the topic and I the mean, issue. In the first three weeks, they were running the FBI at Michael Flynn in the White House. Right. Yes. They, they were under assault from the beginning. This is, this is the beginning of the Biden campaign controlling every single aspect. It is... When you look at what Binder or Karine Jean-Pierre said about this giving of the question, she didn't deny it. They they work with reporters through concepts, which ends up being a question because you know exactly what the concept is uh, to prescript the entire press conference because they know they can't even have a one on one meeting with Kevin McCarthy. Certainly can't have adversarial press. They can't have a one on one with a seven year old visiting on go to work with your parents day. I mean, they got he got it wrong. I know. Uh, it's unbelievable that we might do this they, again. They asked him what country you were in last. He goes, I don't remember. And he's like, I, and there's some eight-year-old said yeah, Ireland. Ireland. Yeah, let's listen. Cut to one. What was the last country you traveled to? The last country I've traveled. I'm thinking once for the last one I was in. I, I've, I've been to 89, met with 89 heads of state so far. So uh, I'm trying to think, what was the last, where was the last place I was? It's hard to keep track. Um I was, I, I mean, yeah, you're right, Ireland. I'm sure it sounds like where it was. Right? How'd you well, some adult yelled at first. You can yeah. hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to give him an assist. Maybe it was yeah. the Easter Bunny. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Who, he needs the Easter Bunny. <laughs> who to, pushed him a year ago? The Easter Bunny took him away from the press. Yeah. Well, and so did Hunter. Remember, in Ireland, Ireland. Hunter was the, the, was the, 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 the visiting angel. Yeah, that's true. I don't know if I can <laughs> remember where I was last week. I'm a little sympathetic. <laughs> Well, I'm not. Well, I, this is scary, actually. I, you know, I'm making a substance scary. point. He had I, a fan I, I think you make a substance point, and I'm making a, a, a fun point. I, I do worry about my memory. On I, I do, too. too. Oh, I do, too. But, Mine's um, the worst. I've said that before. Um, but I'm not the president of the United States, and I don't travel overseas that often, and I think I would remember. That I if just you went, went to back Ireland. to your homeland, like he made yeah, a big deal about it. Thing. Was, he it said, was "I Ireland. never want to leave." Yes, right. uh-huh. you know, I mean, and you don't forget like a, a place you never wanted to. He leave. has claimed he, he said, unless Italian. you unless you forgot you were there. You named the heritage. <laughs> he is Irish American. I mean, and he went there, and they did all this historical stuff. It's a weird thing to say you don't like to to not remember. It's weird. Yes. It's scary. When we come back, what, what was the last place you went, Brian? My last overseas. place uh, overseas. Oh, it's been years. I have not. I even gone to Canada lately. I don't. I'm going to go this summer. I'm going to go to. I don't know if I should say. Should I say that? I don't know. But yeah. we need somebody. Keep it pretty to yell general, Brian. Right. Keep it pretty general. <laughs> also, I found out too. My son doesn't have his passport updated. Yeah, you got to get so that. I just went it, through so all this. So he sends it out, right? And uh, I go. Uh, we have six months. And he goes, "Why?" I go, "You did expedite it, right?" He goes, "No, I, we have six months." And then they make a report. We're way behind on passports. Brian, I'm going through this right now. We're going to Spain in two or three weeks. Kids' passports expired. The federal government took COVID as an excuse to back everything up and never come back. I'm telling you, it takes forever to get anything. You have to get it expedited. I Uh, had to do that for the last year. Call your congressman. Really? I'm serious. Call your congressman. Do you know your congressman? I do know my congressman. Um, 
Do I know my congressman? Who replaced Peter King? Ireland. Ireland. <laughs> Who? Gambarino? Who is it? Yeah, Gambarino. Well, uh, I'll call Lee Zeldin. Yeah, <laughs> he's right next to me. Peter King used to be easy. He was two blocks away. Um, you just, I just grinded the whole show to the halt, didn't I? It's okay. Yeah, I it's loved a, it. It's a shame. It's good. That's a guy, that's a guy if saying it's not my show. If you're Brian Kilmeade's right? call in. Right, if you don't mind. Well, that's Chuck Schumer. He handles all New York. He'll help me. Back in a minute. Diving deep into today's top stories, it's Brian Kilmeade. From his mouth to your ears, it's Brian Kilmeade. Do you view this season as a failure? Do you get a promotion every year on your job? No, right? So every year you work is a failure. Yes or no? No. Every year you work, you work towards something, towards a goal, which is to get a promotion, to be able to uh, take care of your family, provide the house for them, or take care of your parents. You work towards a goal. It's not a failure. It's steps to success. Michael Jordan played 15 years, won six championships. The other nine years was a failure. That's what you're telling me. There's no failure in sports. You know, there's good days, bad days. Some days, some days you are able to uh, be successful. Some days you're not. Some days it's your turn. Some days it's not your turn. And that's what sports is about. You don't always win. Simple as that. We're going to come back next year, try to be better, try to build good habits, you know, and hopefully we can win a championship. That's the most interesting post-game comments that I can remember by just a, a deep-thinking, fantastic player who just got upset. They were the number one seed, just got upset by the Heat, and he's playing hurt, and that was his perspective. Do you think it's spin for him? I think it's his perspective. Do you think so, Will? I love everything he had to say. That's Giannis Antetokounmpo, who is the stud for the Milwaukee Bucks. Let's be clear, it was a failure. When you're a number one seed and you lose to an eight yes. seed, that is a failure. But that clip was slightly edited, and for me, it edited out the most interesting parts. What I loved about what he had to say is he was just 100% authentic. He was not – I don't think he was making excuses for himself. He was just being real, and he was mad at that reporter for asking him that question. And he said, I'm sorry, and he kind of double takes, and he goes, I don't – I'm sorry. I'm not trying to make this personal, but I'm upset. And I just don't know. I love the way he owned it. I love the way he owned it. I'm mad, but I'm trying to be good. Uh, and I'm I, polite, and I don't want to make it personal. But then in the, at the same time, he's sharing, I think, good life wisdom. But I don't know that it applies to losing to the eight seed. It could also reveal a little bit of a lack of the killer instinct you want to see in an athlete. I'm not saying that is him per se, but you were the one seed playing against an eight seed. You got... Jimmy Buckets, you know, came back with some miracle performances to beat you. I, I like the I like the perspective. I like a thoughtful guy. I really appreciate that. But there is right. there's maybe that maybe is the wrong moment to make that case when you're the superstar of the number one right. seed. And we're going to do this lost. on One Nation How, tonight. But I want you you don't need to be uh, no basketball. That that no. Answer. I was just going to say that answer. I'm going to actually record it and keep it on my phone. It's great advice for any child. I mean, and it's just great life advice, as you said. Um, I thought that is exactly right, and it's it. We all have those moments where we feel like this last thing that happened really sucks, and we got to pick ourselves back up again. And that, and 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 the way you do it is, I love that he didn't just say, "Just pick yourself back up." He was like, "No, you got to learn from it. You got to figure out what you did wrong. You got to do better." And that's how that's how we live life. Uh, but I want to say this: with that attitude, any kid would try. Yeah. Everyone, one of the main reasons, and I was definitely like this growing up, I don't think I tried a lot of things because I did not want to be bad at it. 
If you have that attitude, you will try everything really good because point. you're not afraid of failing. Well, and that's where this guy's background comes in. I think it's worth pointing out. That guy is speaking his third language. Like, he is spinning <laughs> that kind of wisdom in his third language. Where is he from? He grew up in Greece. His family was immigrants from Africa into Greece. They sold watches and purses on the side of the street, like mm-hmm. you see here in New York in yeah. Athens. And he came from that poverty to America to be this basketball study. He's won the MVP, and he supported right. almost every member hey, of his family with these wealth. It's amazing, wealth. right? Wow. So he's got a perspective. Uh, his well, brother's on the bench with the team, respect, too. Man. But I want you to hear what Shaq said. Listen. When I didn't win, I was very hard on myself. So when you're the great player and they expect you to win and you don't win, in my mind, it is a failure. I played 19 seasons, and I failed 15 seasons. When I didn't win, it was a failure, especially when I made it to the finals versus the Rockets and lost, made it to the finals. For the fourth time with the Lakers and loss, it was definitely a failure. I can't tell everybody how to think, but when I watch guys before me, the Birds, the, the Kareems, and you know the, that's how they thought, so that's how I was raised. So he's not a failure as a player, but is it a failure as a season? I would say yes, but also like his explanation, I can understand and respect his explanation. But for me, when we didn't win, it was always my fault, and it was definitely a failure. So I relate a lot more to Shaq's perspective than I do Giannis's. You're a... Winner! Well, no, I mean, I, I, I think it's a killer instinct view. Yeah. It's it's more of a millennial Gen Z view of, of like, you know, we're out. It's kind of the, the bro NBA where we're all friends and we're all doing our thing and we're coming together with it. Whereas like Larry Bird and Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan and Chuck, Charles Barkley and... I mean, right. they didn't like each other, and they went at it to win all Rachel, in every time. And Rachel, just I want you to weigh in before we go because we're having a hard break. Final thought? Are you more like Pete or are you more like Giannis? So I want Pete on the battlefield for sure. <laughs> but I like this guy for like I th- I think there's too many kids who don't want to try things because they think right. they're well, not going to fail. And I don't so. think they're mutually exclusive. I don't think Shaq and Giannis have that much disagreement, to be honest. I think Giannis is just looking for a way to turn failure into success. Right. Uh, Jim Brown, I did a show with him for four years. He has your attitude. You know, total success. If uh, they tell you to take one more step and you say you're exhausted, take one more step to save your life, would you do it? Yes. Then that means you have more to give. Mm-hmm. Find a way to win. You, so, Coach uh, Kilmeade, I like it. I know. But <laughs> I, I'm, more, I'm more with Rachel on this. Uh, <laughs> I'm Guy Benson. Join me weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and guests. Listen live on the Fox News app or get the free podcast at GuyBensonShow.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.